Welcome back to From My POV with Emily Savard. Today we are in Windsor, Essex, so we're switching it up around from the downtown Toronto area, and we are with the Brew Brothers, Jordan and Josh. Thanks so much, guys, for being on the podcast today. Yeah, no problem. What's up, Emily? Thanks for uh, visiting us down here. Of course. Glad to be here. So we're just going to kind of jump right into it. So why don't you guys just tell me a bit about yourselves? Yeah, so let me start there, actually. So we're a little bit farther from Windsor. We're from Blenheim. So a small town, 4,000 people. Uh, so not a lot going on in Blenheim. So you either go towards Toronto from Blenheim or you come towards Windsor-Essex, Detroit region. So we decided to come down here. And uh, we started our first restaurant or our first business together when I was 19. Josh was 23. Um, he was just finished university. I was still in university. Cool. And uh, yeah, from there, we've basically started about 10 companies together. And wow. they've led us here. Yeah, we've literally been in the uh, bar industry since we moved down here. So even it was our first job, essentially, in university. I started bar backing, then bartending, and then... Jordan came shortly thereafter and replaced me as a bar back and I wow, became a bartender eh? and so on and so forth. Yeah. So since you guys are brothers, like what was your childhood like growing up together? Um, yeah, I mean, we're pretty tight as, yeah. as I just said, four years apart, um, but close like we're, uh, I mean, uh, a you year guys ever apart. Fight? Yeah. Well, we fight a lot, but uh, <laughs> that's why when you get into business with a family member, sometimes it's good because you yeah. fight and it's not like you're each calling your lawyer individually to start, start drawing up an exit strategy. That is true. It's like we got to see each other at the holidays. Uh, so right. We're going to make, make it up. work. I think the fights actually work because we air it out immediately. Yeah. There's no resentment. We don't bottle it up. We just, we get after just it get right it away, out. get it all out. We actually even do a little MMA on the side together. So <laughs> yeah, it never so gets good. physical outside the, no. the uh, gym. So yeah, I think we, we introduced that in 2009. So a year after we started in business, we started doing MMA together every Thursday, two hours. That's sick. Um, we've, That's a good idea. we've done it consistently for 12 years, 13 years now. Yeah. So I guess maybe that has been like very therapeutic. I've never put those together. Yeah, but, uh, maybe like yeah. you didn't even realize it in the time. Yeah. So let's get into Brew Windsor. How did Brew start? Where did the idea come from that you want to open your own brewery? Yeah, so like Josh said, we started in the bar industry, yep. um, restaurant industry. Um, from there, we opened up a nightclub. We opened up a couple of other restaurants. Um, we also had a live entertainment venue. So a lot of hospitality-based businesses. Yeah. And what that told us was we wanted to get the hell out of the hospitality yeah. side of those businesses and get into manufacturing. So that's what led us to our brewery um, was we love the industry. Um, we love the service uh, sector of the economy, but we just didn't want to keep doing the restaurant, the bars, right. the partying, the low margins, all of the stress that uh, yeah. everyone's dealing with during this pandemic even more than ever. Yeah. But it's always been a tough industry. For sure. So, so it was a natural progression to start manufacturing, make our own products and, and, and kind of evolve. Yeah. Why beer? Um, for us, it's uh, it's a passion thing. Okay, we like drinking. So right, why beer? Fair, why me too. Anything? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like do something you love. That yeah. was something that was uh, really stressed to us when we were we were younger. And if you're going to spend your whole career working 40 hours a week, it should be in, in something you love and something you love doing. And yeah, we love drinking. So it made for sense sure. that you know let's get into beer first and see where that see went. where it goes. Yeah. And obviously with beer, um, the exciting part about it. So when we had our pub, we had like, we were one of the first restaurants in the area to have like 20 beers on tap. So okay. back then there wasn't a lot of microbreweries. There was like, uh, there was little craft, uh, bigger craft breweries like Creamore and things like that popping right. up. You guys had Mill Street and a bunch of stuff going on in Toronto. In Windsor here, we just had one production brewery, Walkerville. Okay. We didn't have any microbreweries. We were the first official microbrewery in the city. Got um, it. So it really didn't come to this area. So, I mean, the Barrie Tentry, it was like, it was a non-existing market. The Barrie Tentry was a little lower than what a winery would have been. Okay. You can make a batch of beer in two to three weeks. Wine, you got to wait a few years. That's why it took us longer to get here. Right. 
So then the maple syrup beer or the maple beer is like the most unique thing. That was actually the first thing I was introduced with you guys. So Brett and Brooke introduced me to the beer first. And we're like, you got to try this. It's like maple flavored. And I'm like, what kind of thing? Like, how does that even exist? So why did you guys choose to do maple? Beer? Yeah, so I'm going to take the credit on that one. So my brother and I both <laughs> trained with a uh, trained with a brewmaster, teach us how to make beer. Okay. Um, we were playing with recipes. He helped build our first few recipes. And then the maple recipe was my first recipe I ever built myself. Wow. But I was like, oh, this That's is cool. cool. We're a Canadian brewery. We're a border city. Um, right. It's, it's a little different than your Toronto uh, GTA area there. We have a lot of Americans that come over um, in normal times. Okay. So obviously a distinct Canadian product, um, both a Canadian beer and organic Canadian maple syrup. So it's actually not flavored. It's organic Canadian maple syrup that so we boil sick. into the recipe. Um, so yeah, it's just, I mean, it hit basically all the checks and boxes of what we were looking to do. Come up with a very unique product. Yeah. still drinkable that caters to Canadians, diehard Canadians. Yeah. People from Ottawa. Totally. And, and also uh, newcomers to the country and people that want to try Canadian products. And then the label, I feel like, and the can itself is very unique as well yeah i'm gonna take credit for that if you're taking credit for <laughs> cool the recipe that was all me yeah but yeah it was just fun it had uh canadian symbolism on it you know some uh, maple leaves and hockey yeah. sticks and all the traditional and for the americans they think it's all the stereotypes of us canadians and, right Let's but, play on uh, it yeah yeah the back is is pretty clever but yeah and it's it's for drinkers it's a breakfast drink you can have it put it on your put it on your pancakes yeah have it with your cereal that's true what kind of success did you guys see with brew when you first started out? Um, yeah, so that's the thing. I mean, being the first microbrewery in the area, it yeah. was a little bit of the longer, like now everyone sees, oh, you're in LCBOs everywhere. We just got our first beer store listing. Um, we're, we're getting our second LCBO listing. We sold the grocery stores. Cool. It took us like seven years, six years, seven years to get to retail. Some breweries start out and do that right away now because yeah. they're spending a fortune just to try to get into this market that's right. already been broken into. We were kind of early to the market, so... So really at the start, I mean, we concentrated on our tap room, like being a cool brewery. My brother and I were in the tap room every day that we were open for the first three years, making okay. every batch of beer, greeting every customer. Cool. Um, yeah. We, we right. Had, That's we, what I've heard of. Yeah. We had yes. something called them Filtered Friday that we uh, we came up with, which was basically bottomless refills of beer, which you can do because we're a manufacturer. Yeah. Um, so we just want to get our beer in people's mouths. That was like our, right. first, our first thing was like, we're making a drinkable beer. People need to taste it. Um, so you just come and you drink and you have fun. Yeah, let me Love let that. me just touch on that a little bit. Our first product was an easy drinking lager. Right. And when we broke into the market, it was when the craft beer was booming and everyone's like, why aren't you doing an IPA? Like everyone likes IPAs, blah, blah, blah. Right. And we're like, listen, guys, IPAs are great. We love IPAs. We love all beers. But you're scaring away another part of the market where the people who aren't just having one beer and then switching to something else and an IPA, as hoppy as they are, they're great. I have them here and there, but yeah. I drink one or two. If I want to go out for a night drinking, I need something easy drinking. And right. if you want that university crowd, you need something easy drinking. That's true. So that's where Unfiltered Friday was born. University students coming in, having a couple beers. And ha why not local? They yeah. don't have to drink Coors Light and Bud Light. You can right. have an easy drinking microbrewery beer. Definitely something to look forward to at the end of the week, I feel like, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we used to say, because like a lot of the breweries, when they start out, they do beer tastings and beer tours, right. which obviously we did too, but we always said, we don't do beer tastings, we do beer drinkings. And that's why we did promotions like unfiltered <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what is one thing, if you could narrow it down, that you love about beer the most? Uh, like about beer as the beverage or yeah, being let's in say the beer, beer business? As, let's do both. 
Yeah. So, I mean, one of the biggest things about just the business and the beverage and all of it collectively is just the camaraderie that beer produces. I yeah. Mean, like everyone's cheers and when they're having pints, um, you can crush a whole bunch of pints and, and not be embarrassingly drunk in front of all your friends. Right. Because it's 5% alcohol. It's not like drinking straight True. whiskey, which we also like whiskey. Like Josh said, we don't discriminate amongst beverages. Right. Right. Um, but beer, I mean, beer is really the, is the beverage that brings you together. Yeah. Like whereas wine is like a dinner beverage. We love that. We're both wine guys also. So, yep. I mean, you want to go to dinner parties. You want to have wine with your friends and do tastings. Beer is like, you want to have a beer you want to spend a day with all of family friends holidays i mean i I think you see the beer sales been blowing up lately especially over the holidays yeah for sure so speaking of wine obviously you guys opened vin winery which we are currently at right now what inspired the launch of the winery other than the fact that you guys love wine as well there, that's it. Yeah, we just say no love more. Booze. <laughs> yeah, say no more. Next is uh, we're yeah. gonna be doing whiskeys. And yeah, vodkas. exactly. Uh, yeah, no, it was just I think a natural progression. Uh, even growing up, it's something I think a lot of people aspire to. They'd love to have a winery one day. And yeah, you need a lot of property for that, and it's just something another another passion project. We like to as serial entrepreneurs, we like to keep moving forward, keep learning new things, right, and. Again, it's to simplify it. We love wine. Right. So it just seemed like a natural progression and something we can grow and, and literally grow. Yeah. So Yeah, that's that. sweet. Um, yeah, the one thing that might not be very uh, known to you Trontonians uh, that generally <laughs> listen to this podcast yeah. is Windsor's got a great wine region. So, I mean, Niagara, yes. like up near you guys, is like one of the biggest wine regions in all of Canada. Yep. Um, I think it might be number one, actually. Um, and then like number two and three are BC. Um, so right. the, uh, the one area in BC. And then the Colchester region down here in Windsor is, is right in the top level yeah. of the number one wine regions in the country. I did not know that, actually. So that's a good fun yeah, fact. Yeah, so we're the 19th winery in this region. Cool. Um, which is huge for us. I mean, yeah. like Joshua said, the Barry Tentry to beer a little less. You can have a batch of beer in three weeks. Um, to a winery, you got to get land first step, right. right? You got to have farmland. Um, you've got to um, wait three years to have grapes. Right. If you mess up some planting or all this stuff, like you don't know what you're going to have in, in the next few years. So we're getting all of our grapes from our region here right now. Okay. And then the next part of that also uh, with wineries is like you said, events. So getting to events, I mean, it's a lot of money again to get yep. into events. You got to spend a couple of million bucks to get a cool piece of property. Yeah. But then once you can do events, I mean, really now we're bringing all of our fans and we're getting them married here. Right. Um, they're doing all of their, uh, we always say like an emotional connection to our brands. So we try to get people to do their events with us yep. and then they become big fans just like you. I know we got you out yeah, here a few exactly. weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now you're hanging out with us over Christmas. Exactly. Exactly. So in terms of consumers, what do you think the biggest difference is between running a winery versus a brewery? Um, so the big difference, I mean, obviously beer drinkers and wine drinkers are different drinkers altogether. Right. So other than you guys, you're yeah, the same other than person. Us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're the people that hang out in between the two groups yeah, and we, exactly. we make friends with everyone. Um, so the biggest difference is the way that you market to them. Yeah. Um, they buy them at different areas too. Obviously the beer store is huge still in Ontario. People right. go to the beer store to get beer. Yeah. Um, the LCBO is kind of across for everything now. There's wine racks and there's uh, little stores, grocery stores. So the way that you market to the consumers is obviously a huge difference. And then, uh, like I said, the, the, the type of things that you'd sell to. So what got us into events first off was we were selling tons of beer to weddings always. And we were right. like, oh, we're always, this is one of our biggest customers is just weddings buying kegs off us. Yeah. So why don't we start doing our own events? Why don't we start doing our own weddings? Um, wine, same thing. You sell tons of wine to parties, um, office Christmas parties, corporate events, and then obviously weddings as well, wine. So it's, right. I mean, it's the beverage of wines, beer and wine. Got so it. So that's why we got into weddings. My wife and I were the first official wedding at our wedding venue, Wedding in the Woods, uh, so the sick. OGs. Yeah, yeah, the OGs. That's awesome. So... Obviously, you guys are brothers and you started this all from the ground up together. How did you guys know you were both meant to be entrepreneurs? 
Honestly, I, I feel like that was an easy one. Even right in high school and stuff like that. Jordan and I, and not that we don't respond well to authority or things like that. Oh my like God, that. I'm the same way. It just, That's as why soon as I someone tells me, yeah, it, it just, <laughs> yeah. we don't respond well to someone telling us something to do. Yeah. Uh, even my, my now recent wife realizes she gets a lot better response out of me saying, hey, can you give me a hand with this? As opposed to, hey, Joshua, can you go sweep this, throw right. the garbage out? Hey, do you mind taking the garbage out? Yeah, no problem. Yeah. So it's just simple stuff like that. And we realized that like, the standard nine to five, we work at our own pace. Uh, okay. And that, that often means for me, like I'm a night owl, Jordan's not, and we're kind of yin and yang in that regard. So yeah. in the bar industry, he would be the, doing the day shifts and the behind the scenes. And then I would run the bar during the night. So even when I was younger, it was always clear I was a night owl. Like first, t- first time you could have semester uh, periods off at school, I would take first period spare driving to school Got it. late. Yeah. Uh, I'm a night owl. I stay up till three, 4 AM, you know, get up at, you know, 10 o'clock when everyone else is getting up at six. And yeah, unless you're in an entrepreneurial field that typically doesn't really work, doesn't work well. Yeah. And if you don't like hearing other people telling you what to do, you know, that doesn't work well. Yeah. Either. So True. Jordan's got something to add here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I mean, to sum up Joshua's freedom, right? Like, right. Uh, and that's, if, if you want to be an entreneur, everyone wants freedom, not, not just entrepreneurs. Like yeah, everyone wants yeah. freedom. It's just everyone would do business if, if it was easy. We, we say that all the time. Right. Um, the other one for me uh, was always limitless ambition. So there was no uh, ceiling, right? Okay. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. No trading and we'll never do that, right? So now we do a lot of real estate. Um, so we started in hospitality and we started manufacturing and now we do a lot of real estate. When we do events, we buy new properties and we flip and do stuff like that. So again, it's not just limitless ambition and this is where people confuse use it. Um, it's not just, Oh, I want to make the most money and have unlimited money. It's, it's starting different projects all the time too, right? It's, it's, it's learning new skills all the time. It's, it's always basically evolving as opposed to being stagnant and just sitting, uh, and it's basically stationary, not moving in life. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing I would agree with is that, uh, I don't know if it's ADD, but I have to keep constantly doing new things or get bored. So I can't imagine doing one job for you know, 40 years and retiring. And that's the most common thing I hear though, amongst like entrepreneurs is like, they just want to keep learning and doing things. And they're very go, go, go all the time. Just like want to get their hands on everything. And I just think that, I think that's really cool. And you have to have a certain personality to be able to do that as well. Yeah. 100%. Like there's positives and negatives yeah. to this always being overly ambitious and wanting yep. to start new projects. I mean, I mean, the flip side of it is you're never happy. Like you finish <laughs> right. a project and where everyone stops and dust themselves off and pats their back and okay, now I've accomplished something. As soon as we accomplish something, our next day is like, what are we doing today? Right. Like it's, yeah. The winery was awesome that we opened three months ago. Now we're looking at our next What's the next uh, thing? Yeah. I think yeah. I told you, we just closed on another property. We're opening a, a golf retreat in our hometown. Yeah. So it's like months out from opening our winery. And, and the thing was, when we started out in business 13, 14 years ago, this was kind of why we stumbled and a lot of entrepreneurs do. They try to start too much stuff at once and they right. don't learn the skills they necessary to basically execute all the ideas. Right. So it's Makes easy sense. to start stuff. Ideas are dime a dozen. It's hard to execute. Yeah. Um, so for us now that we have the experience and we know how to split off, Joshua does his complete own stuff. I do my own stuff. And we've got a team of about 15 people that we work with now all in different areas. And that's how we can execute multiple ideas at once now. Yeah. Whereas 15 years ago, it's just the two of us trying to wear way too many hats. Right. So a lot of times entrepreneurs think they're the people that just wear all the hats. I feel, I feel also like entrepreneurs like to do everything themselves. They don't really like to rely on a lot of other people normally. Exactly. And, and that's the stumbling block for a lot of them. Like yeah. You, you have to learn to grow and pass those things off. And it's not that you can't do them all yourself. Like it's still, I, I wouldn't have a staff member that I can't do their job also. Right. But it's a matter of you have to start trusting, you have to start delegating, or you're never going to grow out of the one business entrepreneur. Yeah, that's true. So obviously you guys said you guys are kind of like yin and yang to each other. What is like the best memory you've had 
opening brew and then Vin together and like running things side by side. What's the overall experience been like? Like obviously there's going to be bumps in the road as time goes on, you learn new things, but overall, like, would you do anything differently? Well, like Josh has said, yin and yang, I mean, goes to complete different sides of who we are too. Like he's very uh, artistic. I'm very analytical. So I do financials. He does all design. Yep. We work together on marketing because that's kind of where every company should have their synergy is yep. the people that understand money branding and the other people that have artistic uh, values to add. But no, the the I think for me, every time we do open a new company and it's like not even on the opening day, it's like a week out where we're still nervous, you're yep. excited and there's all these things going. And knowing that we can rely on each other in those situations is what gets us. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So I think, and being brothers, not just business partners. Um, I think, I mean, we said this at Joshua's wedding a few weeks ago. It was like, maybe we wouldn't have been in business this together this long together if we weren't brothers, but because we are, it's forced us to right. rely on each other. And now we're the people who we go to each other for other things too. Right. Totally makes sense. Yeah. I can honestly say where we have delegated some stuff, Jordan is still the only person I trust that is no matter what the circumstance is going to be, he's going to take care of his part of the job. Right. We're not going to be deficient in anything that he's taking care of. And I'd like to think that he thinks the same for me. Yeah. Uh, we make sure everything is running smoothly, no matter what the circumstance. It's and like a different level of trust. It's a different level of trust. And uh, it's taken a lot of years and, you know, I, I wouldn't trade it. And I, we've been in business now with other people. And where it works and doesn't work yep. for us, we've now created like a system protocols, a synergy. We don't step on each other's toes. He does his thing. I do mine. And he's like the one guy I would fully trust to take care of yeah. his, his aspects. Exactly. Yeah. We've got one guy now that's been with us for uh, six years and he's like our little brother more than a business partner okay. at this point because he's been with us almost half of our business career now. Right. right? His name's Bronson. We call him Bronson Brew. We said he had to change his name officially <laughs> to be one of the Brew brothers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but we've brought him in like now we're friends with his family we're very close to his family i mean obviously him and his family was at josh's wedding so it's like i think we bring that family aspect to all of our employees or staff that have been with us for an extended yeah. period of time let's say five years plus totally so we've had a lot of staff with us from day one um but bronson's like one of the first business partners that's been with us this long that like i said became like a little brother and now yeah. he now he does his part so now he runs operations that's great i love that what is the greatest thing you've learned from josh throughout your life like as an older brother? Yeah, you could say as an older brother or like, yeah, let's take it more like more personal family. Like what is something you've learned from him? Yeah, well, Joshua, I mean, has this ability to just be happy um, and just sit back and appreciate things more than I do. Like I said, the limitless ambition. And that's why that was my part of the entrepreneurial right. spirit was like, I'm always like, let's start this. Let's start this. Joshua does have that ability to step back and be like, all right, this is awesome. I'm happy. Let's enjoy a year. Let's right. go surfing. Let's travel. Let's do fun stuff. Whereas I'm like, no, I'm not giving a year up of my young life while I have the time, energy, and uh, ability to do these things. Yeah. So I guess I, uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of maybe wish I had that, but I learn don't. Learn to appreciate but or learn something, learn to yeah. appreciate, yeah, for sure. What about you, Josh? Yeah, I appreciate the finer things. <laughs> um, no, there's one thing that, uh, and I don't know if Jordan necessarily taught me this, but he definitely embodied it, and it meant something to me. And this is, I think, very important for a lot of entrepreneurs is there's so many times you're going to hit roadblocks and people say this is impossible or no, or dealing with cities or townships for licensing, anything like that. Uh, Jordan has this mentality that no matter what, there's, there's a way to get this done. Right. No, no does not mean no. There's another way to skin the cat. And he just doesn't accept no for an answer. Like there's always different ways. And I think for entrepreneurs, that is very important. Yeah. Like the, the, like he said, ideas are a dime a dozen, but actually executing and getting something to fruition takes a lot of a lot of determination yeah a lot of roadblocks are going to come up and he never backs down from them he's ready to it 
it's funny now, even when a hiccups come and this and that, and there's some s- scary situations where whatever licensing this, I can't even think of anything particular right now. Yeah. And I know that he's like, I will figure out an answer to this. Right. I, I, no matter what, we're going to get through this. And now even with our, our wives and stuff like that, there's even smaller things that come up in life and they're like, oh no, this happened today. And right. to have someone there that's like, listen, we're gonna no fix matter this. what, we're yeah. going to figure this out. Yeah. It doesn't matter what, we will figure this out. Totally. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I just had another friend, actually. It's funny, Josh has never specifically said this in an interview, but I just had another friend the other day that was like, you're the first number I call. And he's like, and I know a lot of people, like, I think you're their first number. Because <laughs> it's like, not just yeah. we have the contacts, lawyers, whatever they might run into. Obviously, you must have some shithead friends that need lawyers. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, <laughs> it's just like, and, and then I have a mentor for me that like uh that this is the first number I call. So I appreciate that I'm that first number for yeah, people now. For sure. Um, it's like a mutual respect thing. Love it. So during the busy season with Wedding the Woods also running like spring to fall and you obviously have Vin and Brew, how do you manage it all? Do you find it challenging to balance all three brands? Um not so much now. Like I said, I think I touched on a little earlier, but synergy is like our word yeah. of the day now. It's, yeah. it's, it's the word in all of our meetings. I mean, you see the boardroom we're meeting in today. So we have all of our staff work together in one office as opposed to separate offices. Right. Um, and the reason for that is so all these brands can work together. Right. Right. So it's like anytime we do one marketing initiative for one, um, it should be doing something for the other. So like our yeah. gift baskets for the holidays right now, they have beer and wine. I mean, and that's they're all aligned. Yeah. 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 yeah makes right. Total sense. And every time we do events, like I said, we're selling our own products to those events we don't even allow them to bring in other products i mean we do full bars so like full open bars vodka yep. rum rye and the stuff that we don't make but if you're getting beer wine at an event it's obviously coming from our company yeah totally i think also something he touched on earlier which is delegating we can't do everything so yeah. we have awesome guys like bronson now that we trust and he can take care of his things and it's a relief to have the right people in the right places and being able to hand stuff over that you don't have to take care of everything. right and you can keep growing and growing and growing as long as you have people to help you out exactly totally are there any misconceptions when it comes to being an entrepreneur that, I mean, I don't think anyone would ever say that being an entrepreneur is easy, but people might think it is some parts of it are easier than others, right? Yeah. So I got this. So uh, I started teaching a, a small business class at the college here um, a few years ago, just for fun. I teach one class every fall semester because I have young entrepreneurs come in yeah. and I can like basically pick out usually like first two days, which students are actually entrepreneurs, right. maybe which ones will do well and then which ones won't. And not that I tell them because everyone's got to take their, uh, take their shots. Yeah. Um, but the biggest misconception for me, and I, I tell my students this is it's like everyone can start a business. Yeah. Like, there's no, like you can go and you start a business. That's, that's just basic rights in our chart of rights and freedom yeah. in Canada, right? Like you can just start a company, but not everyone should start a company. Number one lesson. Right. right? Yeah. And number two lesson is you have to earn the freedom. So everyone, like Joshua said, the best part about being an entrepreneur is financial and time freedom. Um, but you have to earn it. So being an entrepreneur doesn't mean on day one, you're the boss and you're just telling everyone what to do. Right. Like on day one, everyone's your boss. All of your customers are your boss. The government is always your boss. Right. Right. So it's like, you have to earn these things. You have to earn the freedom. You have to earn um, the money that you're going to make. Yeah. There's not going to be a set salary you're going to make for the first five years, probably, or sometimes a decade. From right. Yeah. You put in the six hours a week. So all the stuff that people want out of being an entrepreneur, they have to earn. I think yeah. everyone thinks they're entitled to it by starting yeah. a business. Yeah, for sure. That's the biggest misconception I'd, I'd put out. No, I would absolutely agree with that. Ideas, again, are a dime a dozen. You need grit and moxie, and that's what it's going to take. You have to grind. You have to, yeah. like Jordan says, earn that, that short week, that time when you want. But in the start, no one's there to hold your hand. You're there. You have to figure it all, all yourself. You have to pick up the slack wherever it needs to be. You have to put in the hours. You have to, put, you have to eat, sleep, breathe, 
And for us, drink. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. I, I really do love also the emotional connection that all of your brands have together. I think that's extremely important. And even like with my marketing job, we really talk about and hammer into people emotional connections to people yeah. and within the brands. Because if you don't have that, it's very hard to connect to people. And why do you like my brand? Why should you love my brand kind of thing? I really love that you guys pointed that out and it makes total sense. So coming down the pipeline, obviously you guys just said you're opening a golf retreat. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's way in the future. Yep. So if we're looking at like one, three and five. Um, so this year we've, we're getting wine products ready for retail now. So like I said, it took us like seven, eight years yep. to get beer products ready for retail. Um, so we have our maple beer retail locations yep. across the province. Now we have our brew light lime coming out in the summer. Yes. I saw so that. Our, so our second beer uh, at retail and we're working on our first wine products. So instead of taking seven years for the winery to get our first product retail, we're going to do it within two because cool. we learn the lessons from the brewery. Sweet. Um, so that's the immediate. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, a lot of real estate stuff so like we said the golf retreat yep. is more so josh was an interior designer too um, yes so, i think i didn't know that very cool yeah so i mean we love doing real estate real estate's a fun thing for entrepreneurs once they get to the level to be able to do it because you're doing new projects every few yep. months too right so it's it's and it's not necessarily small businesses you're starting but it is like quick turnovers i mean we're seeing it it's and it's and it's fun to work on these projects totally so that's the immediate future and then wedding in the woods obviously um we're booked now until 2024 so we're starting a book 2024 oh now. that's great good yeah. thing i know that now <laughs> no Hey, we, we, we can keep one day for you. I mean, <laughs> okay. We can talk Please. after. Yeah. But uh, oh so we're God. putting a permanent building out here. Um, wow. So right now, it's, everything's with the pandemic. I mean, yeah. outdoors and all that stuff. We're putting a permanent building in for the 2024 season. So we're also working just on the early uh, setups. Wow. That's so, so exciting. A lot, of, a lot of things on the go right now. Anything else you guys are excited about personal-wise? Well, um, I have a baby coming up. I guess I'd, my wife would be pissed listening to this if I don't say one thing. It's like so exciting. Business, business, business. <laughs> Nothing yeah. exciting you're, coming you're down like, the pipeline. It starts with a B, just like business. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what? There's something? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm about a month out from having a baby. Wow. Um, so, yeah, so this is the next generation of uh, to take over. the. I, we're probably going to yeah. push this kid into entrepreneurship so bad. Seriously. He's going to be like, I just want to be an accountant. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> leave me alone, I want to be a lawyer. I don't yeah. want to do this. Yeah. yeah. That's exciting. No, for sure. And then uh, Josh has got some uh, news. Yeah, he just... Got married. Well, I mentioned that <laughs> earlier. Yeah. So, so far, so good there. It took me 37 years to find the right one and, uh, in the hey, industry. happens you know? like that sometimes. Uh, yep. So, well, congrats, guys. And I am so thankful and very grateful that you guys came on today and took the time out of your day to do this with me. Um, I think that everyone can learn something because I feel like you guys bring so much and like so much value to the entrepreneurship world that people don't know. Like you guys run so many things and I've been doing it for so long that it's going to be a nice like learning episode for a lot of people who maybe want to get into their own business or just appreciate entrepreneurship in itself, you know? So awesome. Well, I mean, that's rave uh, reviews back from you there. So I appreciate well, no, that. I, I, yeah, I, no, genuinely, that's... like I, I met you guys once and I was like, these guys are so smart and have it all going on, you know? Well, yeah, we had a lot of wine yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I was just really drunk. Yeah. That could have been it too. <laughs> no, hit me, hit me in the fields. No, but that's, I mean, that's right. I mean, you were drunk and you created an emotional attachment to our brand from hanging out with us. So yeah, I think, exactly. I, I mean, that's the other thing, right? You got to breathe what you pitch. You can't just be full of shit. Everyone 100%. says these things and it's like, they don't believe them. Then that's never going to happen. hundred percent. Thank so, you guys so much for yeah. coming on. Well, we'd be happy to come back. So yeah, of course I'll be back next week for another episode of from my POV with Emily Savard. Bye. Mm-hmm.